0: We've been warned we're now entering a new era for fossil fuel prices. They've been on the rise all year. And after big decisions made by the EU this week, it looks like it's set to only get worse. Let me explain.
1: Let me explain. With Sean Defoe, a News Talk original.
0: Welcome to a special edition of Let Me Explain, coming to you from Brussels, where EU leaders met this week. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to catch new episodes each week or listen back to some of the old ones. Brexit is, of course, going to be rearing its head a lot over the next few weeks, and our very simple explainer, if I do say so myself, the Northern Ireland Protocol is available. If you want to swat up in advance, search for Let Me Explain wherever you get your podcast, or just scroll back in the feeds wherever you're listening now. Brexit is what used to dominate all the chat here. the shiny European quarter of Brussels but lately it's Russia and we're coming to you in part this week from Brussels and from the European Council building you've probably seen it on TV it's a very strange and interesting looking building it basically looks as if someone took a giant glass egg plonked it down and then built a big glass box around it. You've probably seen it on your TV, seen clips of the Taoiseach and indeed other world leaders walking along this big curved red carpet with the flags of every European country lining along the hall. And it's where all of the EU leaders arrive here to have their meetings and have the big dinner, which they decide basically the big policy decisions that are going to happen And this was a particularly important council. There was quite a lot of division here on the red carpet heading in because the EU had been trying to agree a sixth round of sanctions on Russia and particularly on imports of Russian oil. I have just got the text now and there is no agreement, of course. This is Hungary's leader, Viktor Orban. The problem is, you know, that we are in a very difficult situation. Head of the EU summit this week, he was publicly blocking an oil import ban. Hungary had really been the obstacle. Its economy is heavily dependent on Russian oil and it wanted an exemption from any ban, something it got at least to its pipelines. Orban is also seen as possibly Putin's closest ally in the EU and it was put to him straight out here. Is he a Putin puppet? Uh, Fake news, yeah? Any other? But some expected that the opposition going in was all bluster for a domestic audience like Luxembourg's somewhat eccentric Prime Minister Xavier Bettel, who arrived here to the flag room in cream pants and a blue blazer, more dressed for a summer party than an EU council. Usually
2: we have more tensions and uh, differences before the councils than in the meeting rooms. That's because we have a national audience and we have to say that we are going to fight for... all one things. But at the end, we were always able, I'm n- nearly nine years
0: now in this room, usually we're always able to find compromises. In the end, it turned out he was actually right. And I know quite often with these EU summits, people lose a bit of interest. When I say it's happening over in Brussels, I sort of glaze over. It's a, a fancy room far away. It's the elites making decisions. It doesn't really affect me. But this time it does. It is really actually going to affect your pocket for potentially quite a long time. And to get into how they make these decisions it's actually a really strange way of doing business i think at least at these european councils so basically Officials and diplomats spend months in talks to set up these meetings. And then the EU leaders arrive from across Europe in the middle of the afternoon. They have a a working meeting during which the Taoiseach sits between the leaders of Lithuania and Cyprus. And then a lot of the work is actually done over dinner. So on Monday night, somewhere between starters of artichoke and creamy parmesan tarts, a main course of lamb fillet in a herb crust, and the dessert of vanilla and red currant eclairs, topped off with German and Spanish wines for good measure, the EU agreed a significant embargo on Russian oil.
1: Council should now be able to finalize a ban on almost 90% of all Russian oil imports by the end of the year. This is an important step forward. Um, The remaining 10% on these one, we will soon return to the issue um, of these remaining 10% pipeline oil.
0: Essentially, by the end of this year, 90% of Russian oil imports will be barred from the EU. There's a full ban on those brought by sea with temporary exemptions for oil brought by pipeline to three landlocked countries, Hungary, Slovakia and the Czech Republic. And no end date has been given for that exemption, interestingly. So given that the EU gets about a third of its oil from Russia, what does this mean?
1: Uh, It is a watershed moment in terms of fossil fuels in general.
0: Taoiseach Mihal Martin after the summit.
1: Which will make for fairly rocky territory over the next number of years in terms of pricing around fossil fuels. We cannot get away from that. But on the other hand, what's clear from the presentation uh, from the president of the commission is that there's a need to double down on renewables. One is looking at a different era now in terms of pricing around fossil fuels. The war has really exacerbated this um, and created huge pressure. Um, And there's no doubt in my mind that Part of Putin's strategy was to create an energy crisis uh, and also then to create a food crisis.
0: I headed from his interview there in the egg room that we talked about before over to the press centre for EU summits. And essentially here, it's like a massive indoor courtyard with desks spaced out for journalists and outlets from all over Europe. Balconies around the sides host TV cameras, doing live hits back to more than 20 countries. And it's here that I've run into Irish Times Europe correspondent Naomi O'Leary.
3: The big picture is that we are unpicking decades of energy reliance on Russia. It's happening on both sides. The EU is doing this through sanctions. Russia is also doing it by cutting off gas supplies when it believes it to be in its strategic interest. And all of this means that this arrangement that had been mutually beneficial, cheap energy for the EU, revenues for Russia, this is coming to an end. Um, That era of cheap energy to a certain extent has ended. What it will mean for prices, um, no one can predict exactly. A lot of the price increases are already priced in because much of this has already been expected. Markets have already been expecting this to happen. But there's still uncertainty. How much will the EU be able to come up with alternative sources of supply? We believe that prices, high prices are here to stay. And that's what we're hearing from leaders at this point.
0: Just before I headed to the airport, I decided to put in a call to one of our MEPs. Hello. Hey, Francis. This is former Tornister Francis Fitzgerald, who was in Rotterdam when we spoke at a conference of the EPP, which is Fine Gael's European Party grouping. A lot of us trying to digest what this means, 90% ban by the end of the year. What's it going to mean for Europe and for prices, do you think?
1: Well, it's it's obviously going to impact on Europe, but it's extremely important that Europe is united in sanctioning uh, Russia and not importing uh, any coal or oil by the end of the year. And we now need to move on and ban gas. It is going to have an impact on prices, uh, but there's a lot of storage over the summer, and I think it'll be next year, and that's a long time away. Uh, we already have seen huge price increases. Uh, clearly, this vulnerability is for Europe. Well, there is a plan uh, at EU level to source oil elsewhere and approaches are being made uh, to other countries. Uh, now, it's not without its difficulties because some of those countries have human rights issues. Uh, but certainly, uh, there is a big move at European level to source alternative energy.
0: Do you think that what's done now this week and what will happen over the next few months is going to make that difference? Is it actually going to change Putin's calculus?
1: It's hard to know what will, will change Putin. I mean, he's an aggressor. I mean, he's a fascist. It's, uh, we have to try everything. Economic sanctions are really important. Most member states believe that we have to stop funding Putin's war. That is the big challenge. Right now we are funding it to the tune of six hundred million a day. The Ukrainians are losing four hundred million worth of equipment a day. So you see the scale of the problem.
0: So brass tax here, a ninety percent cut in Russian oil by the end of the year. What the hell is it gonna mean? Here's Kevin McPartland from Fuels for Ireland, who says the European market is in for a shock. For many, many years in Ireland across Europe and North America also, we've been being been, been so we've made a policy that we're going to reduce our ability to to um, create fuels so whether that's in exploration or in refining and we've created this massive dependency on russia so that about one-third of all of the oil and gas that comes into europe is coming from russia now as you say very little of that ever made its way to ireland by dint of geography and and, and various different things um so the direct impact of the sanctions against russian oil will be will be low but the indirect we have to we have to be careful about because this is going to be a massive shock to the european markets where then specifically will we feel this in ireland
2: rocky road ahead i'm afraid yeah it's a good thing we're coming into the summer rather than the winter
0: here's energy economist with the ESRI and we're in lynch
2: the amount of oil that ireland gets from russia is relatively small but when Europe as a whole essentially cuts itself off from its major oil supplier that's going to have a price impact across the continent and that will feed through to Irish consumers on the forecourt and also in the likes of home heating bills and to a lesser extent through perhaps a further increase in electricity prices
0: in fact you've probably already noticed it at the forecourt petrol prices in particular going up Paddy Common is the head of communications with the AA prices are now at a record level we are at a record that we've seen since we started taking records back in 1991 uh, f- for an average price. And look, those motorists who are listening are now paying, on average, about 500 euro more per year just for fuel than they were a year ago. About seven, eight hundred euro more than they were two years ago. So the news is poor, and unfortunately, it's not getting any better at the moment. You know, the real crux of this is that if you're living in Dublin, if you're living in an urban area, and you have really good public transport options, and we've seen reduction in prices of those options, you know, it's it's a better time to start moving into those. The problem is that for people living in rural areas, lots of your listeners don't have the other options, and then that's where they run into difficulties. And unfortunately, this pressure brought on by the EU decision isn't going to stay limited to petrol prices either. Consumer expert and presenter of The Home Show on News Talk, Sinead Ryan, has pointed out that increasing fuel prices will also have a knock-on impact elsewhere.
2: Indeed, because every single industry uses fuel to some extent. I mean, if you have a factory or a shop, you're going to need heat, you're going to need light, you're going to need resources that are going to generate the products that you're selling. Uh, So food inflation is a huge issue because that has the twin evils, not only of the fuel kind of knock-on effect there, but the fact that an awful lot of the raw products for things that we take for granted, like wheat, uh, come from Ukraine. It is not, it is known as the breadbasket of Europe for a reason. And I I think probably up to now, until this war, people just didn't simply realize the amount of food that comes from as a raw material from Ukraine. Uh, And we will definitely see a knock on. So anything that involves flour, like you're looking at cereals, you're looking at biscuits, cakes, bread, all that kind of stuff is going to immediately hike up. Now, a lot of those are what we call the staples, you know, the reliables. Uh, and, and that is definitely going to be have an impact. But there's other things. Um, we don't produce any sugar in this country anymore. Sadly, we got rid of the sugar industry. Uh, and a lot of that is is coming across as well. So uh, these are basic products that customers buy every single day. And um, they're already seeing the increase. Uh, so when you add that to the extra cost of manufacturing that elsewhere because of uh, energy price increases, uh, there, is, there is definitely going to be a knock on in
0: shops the question you probably want answered and what i've been trying to ask all week is just how high are prices going to go and for how long are they going to stay there and unfortunately it's just not something anyone can answer at the moment i mean i can't really predict what prices will be
3: exactly what it means in terms of you know cents and euros we'll have to see we don't really have any idea
1: but it will affect the overall market and prices will go up we haven't done any, we don't have specifics in terms of by how much
0: so what happens now the decision on oil has been made and eu member states have a few months to put it into place we don't know when it will become a 100 ban with the pipelines brought into it that was a political decision that was kicked down the road in exchange for eu unity and europe will start to to look to buy more oil elsewhere and shift heavily to renewables while Russia goes looking for new buyers instead but that shift is not going to be a quick one it's like turning well turning an oil tanker around. It is going to take time and prices will likely keep going up in that time frame as well and as long as there's so much uncertainty. The government is starting public sector pay talks but it's fairly insistent the next big intervention it's going to make around the cost of living won't come until October's budget as we're heading back into the winter and when we're naturally more dependent on energy. They say it's going to be a wide ranging plan, not just looking at fuel, but also things like education costs, college fees, childcare, maybe income tax bans again, but it does feel a very long way away and opposition parties all across Europe, not just in Ireland, are going to turn up the pressure on governments. They might well actually agree with sanctioning Russia and supporting Ukraine, but the result of these big decisions this week will lead to suffering here too. I'm not saying it's in any way comparable to the atrocities that are happening in Ukraine, obviously it's not, but people will struggle to pay bills and will struggle to heat their homes here, particularly if solutions aren't found before winter. So that's the story with the cost of living crisis for the moment at least and what impact those big decisions made in fancy rooms many countries over will have on your life here. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're listening and please do, it helps push us up the rankings and that would be very much appreciated. The podcast was researched, written and recorded by myself, Sean Defoe with John Kyo's editorial eye and Lachlan Hart on sound production, making things sound good. I'll be back with another edition of Let Me Explain next week. We'll chat to you then.